This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Middle East Report studio in Washington, D.C. This is, I believe, well, we will do the Garbage Can Show tomorrow for subscribers, but that will be the last day that we will be broadcasting out of the Middle East Report studio. We'll be back. Well, we won't be back to the Sentinel Fort. We've got to reach out to our winner of the March Madness bracket challenge because their studio naming rights start up in June. So uh, we'll figure that out. But next week, we're going to have a new studio name. Exciting times here. Exciting times indeed. Um, Not so exciting. Congress uh, not in session. Um, No hearings to track. GAO not really pumping out much new information either the last few days. So uh, we've got another interview lined up for you today. 2018, as we all know, was a wave election for progressive Democrats. We saw folks like AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, all unafraid of the term socialism, all questioning capitalism in ways we've hardly ever seen on Capitol Hill before. We saw them all sweep into Congress, in some cases toppling entrenched centrist Democrats like Joe Crowley, a member of the Democratic Party's leadership team. We got lucky and nabbed an interview with AOC before she knocked off Crowley. And not saying there was causality there no, or anything. Not saying there wasn't either. <laughs> uh, but w- now we're keeping an eye out for other lefty candidates trying to shock the political establishment in 2020. And earlier, we chatted with Michaela Wilkes, who is running for Congress in nearby Maryland's 5th Congressional District. She is challenging not just any Democrat, but the second most powerful Democrat in the House, Steny Hoyer. So what does Michaela bring to the table? We asked her. Well, for one, I bring perspective from a constituent's point of view. Um, You know, I've dealt with the criminal justice system. I've dealt with the issues of our broken health care system. I've dealt with a lot of these things um, and also the welfare system and how, you know, they, you know, treat certain people um, and just how things are not quite accessible to all groups of people. I am a part of that demographic that, you know, these policies that politicians put into place actually affect. Um, So I have firsthand experience on what we need and what we're fighting for and what I feel like we're lacking in today's uh, politics. Do you think your opponent, who is not just any Democrat, but is the number two most powerful Democrat in the House, Steny Hoyer, he's been there for a while. Do you think he has any of that uh, firsthand experience that you talked about when it comes to health care and the criminal justice system? I absolutely do not think that he has firsthand experience, um, and his stance on policies shows that. How do you plan uh, on what policies? How, where, where do you? I guess where do you plan to make inroads on uh, Steny Hoyer to differentiate yourself on these policy positions? Uh, well, for one, I wholeheartedly, 100% support Medicare for all. And in fact, I would like to give a shout out to Our Revolution and Our Revolution Maryland. I just came uh, from Medicare for All rally um, in District 5 this morning, uh, so I want to give a shout out to them. Um, but that's one of the things that I think uh, 
that sets me and Stanley Hoyer apart is that I actually care about health care, and I actually see health care as a right, and I feel like there's no room for public option. Um, I also 100% support the Green New Deal, um, which will, you know, help us out in the long run. It's not right that children are going to be born into a world that's, you know, literally doomed to catastrophe that will happen if we don't take a stance on climate change now. And another, um, another thing that sets me apart from him is that I really 100% support public housing, um, affordable housing. Um, out here in my district, affordable housing is nothing short of a myth. Um, we don't have many options for affordable housing uh, for people of the working class and for people that live on and below the poverty line. Uh, we also don't have a lot of homeless shelters for people to go. We actually have a tent community out here in Waldorf where the median income is 88000 a year. Mm. It's such a huge district stretching from PG County in the D.C. suburbs all the way yeah. down to St. Mary's County, which is on the western shore of the Chesapeake Bay and borders Virginia. It, it, does the size of the district present some uh, pretty unique challenges themselves for, for uh, someone trying to unseat such a powerful incumbent? Of course, of course, that's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, but the way that I plan on overcoming those challenges is, again, doing things that Stanley Hoyer does not do. Um, you know, I plan on going out, knocking on doors, going to areas that Stanley Hoyer would never go to that I couldn't imagine him going to. Um, I actually want to gain personal relationships with each county within my district Um to just, you know, let them know that this is happening and try to get them to see that, you know, don't look at it as we're losing something. Because a lot of people have said, oh, well, you know, we have a majority leader in the House and he's from Maryland and it's like, that's okay. But don't think of it as you're losing that, but think of what you're going to be gaining. And in me, in me as a candidate, they would be gaining so much. They would be gaining a voice for themselves. Um, and I just plan to use that to overcome the challenge of our district. And what inspired you uh, to take on Hoyer? Because it obviously, it, it is, uh, and I don't mean to overstate how much of a challenge it is, because for all the reasons you described, I think Steny Hoyer uh, should be challenged and should be <laughs> unseated. But yeah. what was it that really inspired you to, uh, uh, to, to take him on? Uh, what inspired me is my life, like my entire life, and, and not just my life, but my closest friends and my family members, uh, my coworkers, my schoolmates. Like, all of these are regular people. I mean, there's no secret that Stanley Hoyer and I uh, run in different circles. We have different friends. You know, my friends are constituents like myself, and his are corporate, corporations. Um, so, <clears throat> you know... I really think that that is, again, going to be an advantage, at least to me in this race, um, you know, that will ultimately help us out. I understand that, you know, it is a big challenge that taking on Stanley Hoyer, um, but I just think that it's time. Like, now's the time. Um, like I said, my life experiences, everything that I've had to go through, you know, everything that my friends have had to go through. I actually have um, one of my friends is homeless and is sleeping on my couch right now because there's nowhere for her to go. Mm. Um, 
and what really compelled me to just step forward is just like this guy has been in office for almost 40 years and what has he done mm. you know i feel like he plays it safe um in in the policies that he chooses to endorse i feel like he doesn't have the courage to step out of the line and he doesn't have the courage to endorse these policies that that republicans and even some moderate democrats see as radical and and to me they're not radical i mean these are basic things that we're asking for all we're asking for is a place to live, health care, and clean air. That's it. I thought my my opinion on Hoyer being in a position of leadership is it could actually hurt him. Uh, we saw when AOC knocked off, uh, what was his name? Crowley. Crowley. I mean, he was another guy who's in leadership, which sort of demands you to be in Washington more often, demands you to be involved in fundraising more often. We saw The Intercept released that story about Hoyer in the audio tape in which he's talking to someone who was hoping to knock off a Democratic incumbent, and Hoyer was basically telling him, We're, you need to get out of this race, we're not going to help you, This we've already chosen uh, who our guy is. Um, it, it, I was wondering if you kind of see that as, as I mean, also, you're attached as a, a, a part of leadership, you're very much attached to the Democratic Party, and whatever its failures or... Uh, lack of effectiveness has been. I was wondering if you you sort of see that as an opportunity as well when you're campaigning against Hoyer to use that leadership against him. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, I think that um, that definitely is something to use in, as an advantage. And I say that because since he is a leader, he needs to be held accountable. Um, and I feel like that he's in that spotlight where people will look at him, and if anything that will come out of this race, you know, Stanny, why haven't you been doing this? Why don't you back Medicare for all? You're the leader. You know, you have a voice that you could be using, and you're not using it to your full capacity. And we're seeing that play out right now with the impeachment debate around the president, where you yes. see uh, Hoyer and Pelosi yes. uh, trying to resist the call for impeachment. Yes, I see that. Um, and I don't quite, I mean, I don't get, I don't get why they don't just start the impeachment proceedings. I mean, like for Nancy Pelosi, she says, you know, no one's above the law. And Stanley Hoyer just keeps on throwing out these generic comments, like, who's <laughs> writing this stuff for this guy? Like, I mean, like yesterday, with the, when the Mueller statement came out, it took him how many hours to respond? It's like, okay, and then he comes with this generic ass. Sorry, I'm not sure if I can curse. Yeah, you can. But he comes out with You can go harder if you want. (laughs) He just comes out with this generic-ass response, and it's just like, what more do you need? Clearly, that was a referral for impeachment. Like, take it. It seems like a a lot of Democrats uh, cut from the same cloth as Hoyer and Pelosi sort of want to act like 2016, it never happened, and that there's the same dynamic between the Democratic Party and the voters and the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. They're always talking yeah. about how we have to, or we must uh, bend over backwards to, to work with Republicans when, quite frankly, we know that there are a lot of non-voters out there who just, uh, obviously voter suppression is a big thing in this country, but mm-hmm. there, there are non-voters who just don't turn up and Democrats yeah. could be pandering to them. So it, it, it does sort of seem like that, um, some of these Democrats just want to pretend like 2016 never happened. Yeah, I get that. I get that as well. I mentioned that Intercept story that talked about uh, Hoyer 
in trying to intimidate uh, a candidate running for trying to knock off an incumbent Democrat, uh, a leftist candidate. I was wondering if you've uh, faced any sort of intimidation from uh, any sort of Democratic Party establishment or are you expecting any? I guess it's early, early still in the race, but uh, have you encountered any of that or are you preparing for it? Um, I haven't encountered any type of intimidation yet. Um, However, I am prepared for it, um, considering who we're going up against. Uh, We did get a little bit of the backlash from the DCCC blacklist. Um, You know, we had trouble trying to find someone to film my campaign videos. I mean, even now, we're trying to find a consultant to do our FEC filings, and we're being told that uh, these consultant firms are, quote, unquote, uh, at capacity. so, yeah, so, I mean, it's just the beginning. I'm totally prepared for it. Um, I can see it coming because I think that story uh, that Stanley Hoyer knows that I'm coming for him. And, hey, if he if he throws out any intimidation tactics, then I know I'm moving in the right direction. And I seemed, I remember that uh, when Crowley uh, was trying to deal with uh, Ocasio-Cortez, one thing he, he his campaign tried to do was just ignore her and send yeah. surrogates to debate her instead so yeah i saw that yeah yeah so if you i don't know if it's bad luck for you to answer this question but what would you do you think you would prioritize if you were to get elected to congress and have you given any thought about uh, which committees you would like to be on um i haven't uh, so as far as committees, um, I definitely would like to be on the Appropriations Committee. Um, I would like to be on the Judiciary Committee. Um, those are the only two that I have felt interest in thus far. Um, but as far as prioritization, uh, if and when, fingers crossed, I do get elected, um, I definitely want to focus a lot on health care and criminal justice reform. Um, I definitely want to focus on climate change as well. I feel like those are like things that we need to act on right now. Looking ahead at your uh, election in 2020, is there any certain presidential candidate that you feel like would give you the best hope down ballot uh, in 2020? Um, yeah, so I'm really leaning towards Bernie Sanders. I think that he's great. I voted for him in the last election. Um just, I mean, I really admire him. He's been working for the people for years, and he really uses. That is the, that, Bernie Sanders is an example of using your platform to its full uh, ability. Um, And I just think that, I really do think that he would make an awesome uh, president. Well, uh, we're in agreement. We've already endorsed (laughs) the senator. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I, I, I really, I support Bernie Sanders. I was kind of in between him and Elizabeth Warren, but I will say that yes, um, I guess I am officially endorsing Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, last question. I know the primary is still about a year out and I was actually trying to research when it was. I don't think it has been officially scheduled yet. Okay. Uh, but no, it actually <laughs> oh, has, it has, it, uh, it has so, been scheduled. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So for our district, uh, the primary voting date will be April the 28th of 2020. April 28th. So uh, pretty much 11 months to the day 
from now. Uh, where is uh, where's the campaign right now with uh, with with primary date still eleven months away? Um, so right now we are in the beginning stages of kicking off our ground campaign. Uh, next Saturday on June the 8th, uh, we actually have our campaign kickoff happening here in Waldorf, Maryland, in Charles County at the Waldorf Culture Center. It's going to be from 2 to 4 p.m., um, and literally the day after that, we're knocking on doors like uh, so right now, my main focus is just getting out, talking to voters, um, and then also being engaged with politically disconnected communities as well, and just, you know, getting out there, letting them know that they they have a reason to vote. Um, I feel like... I feel like mainly people are less inclined to voting and being into politics because they feel like the government doesn't work for them. Um, so that's our next steps is just getting on the ground and letting people know that now you have a reason because now you have a voice and you have someone that will work for you. And if people want to learn more about your campaign or get involved, where should they go? If you want to learn about the campaign and get involved, everyone can go to Michaela2020.com. It's www.Michaela2020.com. All of my social media handles are at Meet Michaela. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And that's M-C-K-A-Y-L-A for those yeah. who are only listening and didn't read the show description, which, why didn't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Michaela Wilkes running for Congress in Maryland's 5th District, hoping to take on unseat incumbent Democrat Steny Hoyer, which uh, we here wouldn't be too upset about seeing. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show, Michaela. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks again to Michaela. That'll do it for District Sentinel Radio today. Consider subscribing on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel, so you can get all the content we release during the week, including tomorrow's garbage can ceremonies, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. You also get your own poem written for you in red on air. Thanks to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, the Middle East Report. Find it at merip.org. The Garbage Can is out tomorrow for subscribers. For everyone else, we'll be back next week. We're in D.C. so that you don't have to be.